0: Into the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Ariana Casade. Ariana heads up marketing at Casade, her family's Milan based luxury footwear business that has been around since 1958. I wanted to dig into her plans for the company, including building on its success while staying true to its heritage. I also wanted to ask about the crowding in the Italian made footwear space and the company's differentiators, including its iconic blade heel. Welcome, Ariana.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jill. It's a pleasure, and um, it's something that I love to talk about my family business, so I cannot wait to to dig into it.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm excited to chat with you about it. I want to hear more about this blade heel. Like, this is a proprietary design. This is kind of your signature element, like a logo. It's celebrating 10 years. Tell me about the importance of it.
1: Um it you can look and look into it from several dif- different aspects because you know it's important obviously in terms of designs since it's so unique and I'm going to talk about more in depth about the craftsmanship behind it, but also on a family level because you know my grandparents, as you said, founded the company, but my father has been the creative director since 1991 and uh, you know, as every family, we bat heads <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> and this one was actually one of them where I saw my grandfather telling my father to actually stop asking the, the, you know, the old team to stop everything else to develop this project. He was so keen and, and, and he knew within himself that it would have been, uh, huge, you know, and, you know, is my grandfather is, an amazing techn- technici- technician is, he has been into craftsmanship since his birth, basically. So when he said to my father, drop it, Cesare, drop it, because it's not going to work, it was like, okay. It was even more of a challenge. Uh, and which I'm grateful for because we are celebrating the 10th year, 10 years anniversary. And therefore, it's definitely something that is so, um, for the future. However, from a craftsmanship perspective, it's so interesting because also, you know, heels are usually made of plastic. While here you have a stainless steel heel sole within it. So, and within all of the trials that they did throughout six months, um, they tried titanium, but obviously it wasn't something that was okay for the market. Uh, and the old team was so restlessly trying and trying day in, day out. When it it actually came alive, it was like, you know, winning a championship or something. <laughs>
0: yes, I'm sure. Well, your heels, I've seen some of them are not... They don't by the, the naked eye look like as though they'd be, you know, the most comfortable thing when you hear about like a steel heel with that's couple inches high. Is comfort and balancing that that high heel like has that become more of a priority, particularly in the last three years as more people are working from home, sneakers are catching on. Tell me about that. But you know, it's interesting because, you know, for example, the blade
1: has been our best seller over the quarantine. I mean, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's related to the social aspect of the, the, that surround the hill itself. And also the, um, you know, when the craftsmanship of it, that it has like a one centimeter platform concealed uh, by the upper, uh, therefore it tones down the pitch of the hill. And that definitely helps. However, obviously, it's not comparable to a sleeper or, or something that, you know, you can definitely, you can work, ba- work barefoot, basically. But um, as you said, it's an engineer, a shoe, a true shoe engineering act. Um besides that, when we were quarantined, the, the Blade gladiator boot has been our best seller. And that says a lot about how much we wanted to go out and we were dreaming of celebrating life at its fullest once everything is over. It feels like ages ago, but you know, it hasn't been, we, we haven't had, you know, COVID uh, since a long time. So still in the recent past.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, it's great to hear that things were in demand. Some of your signature styles was, I guess, meeting that demand. Did that prove um, a challenge for you? I hear all of the supply chain nightmares. How did that kind of pan out for you?
1: We are lucky enough to have a, um, a factory that produces basically everything. But the difficulty is to find the suppliers. Because, you know, to create a shoe, it's like it's like a puzzle. You have a lot of elements and still today you have that, that, um, it's a direct approach in the, in the, in the process of making a shoe. It's not like you have a machine that creates everything out of, you know, uh, like a, a 2D on a screen. So it takes actually, uh, it, my father always says that it's like being part of a, of an orchestra. Every instrument has to be tuned down correctly. And therefore, um, the shoe to get from the beginning to the end, it passed by every uh, worker of the factory, and it takes more or less 200 steps. So everyone has to be super, super careful.
0: I I watched your a video online of the making of the shoe. I mean, if that doesn't say luxury, like it just seems like so much thought and care um, goes into each shoe. Do you guys consider yourselves a luxury brand, or I feel like the the definition of luxury is changing all the time? But yeah, how would you describe it?
1: Um, obviously, from. Uh, the message that we put out there in the in the in the market—it's definitely something that we believe in. But it's not because our segment is luxury and therefore we want to reach that cluster, but because you know I've grown up seeing my family. Getting literally there and dirty, you know. I saw my grandfather, for example, um, with with knee, um, nails in his mouth, to and and he was constantly uh, twitching the uppers and so on. Um, therefore you have the two, I live both aspects. The one that as, as you know from a communication standpoint that you want to put out there and the other one that is the family reality uh where we all live surrounded by shoes which sounds so glamorous but sometimes it's more like a challenge <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you know The beauty, our goal, is obviously to put out there the message that for us to create beautiful shoes is our aim, but also our passion, our family story.
0: Tell me about the business. Family owned, family run, 100%. You're not answering to anybody. Does that feel like freedom?
1: (laughs) Yes, definitely sounds like freedom. On the other hand, we have to liaise with each other, so it's a... It's a, it's a non-stop kind of things while we have meetings on Saturdays, on Sundays. But I think it's so wonderful. I'm so grateful for my family to got me, who got me the chance, you know, to grow up in such an open-minded market and uh, to get in touch with amazing people. For example, I'm standing here with you, uh, even though we're not in the same room, uh, but, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a privilege, honestly, uh, and it takes uh, a lot of effort to keep your open mind, uh, to, to keep your mind open season by season, and and that is humbling, because on the other hand, it's not like it's a given, it's something, okay, I did that in the past, it's okay, I can, you know, keep on doing the same thing over and over again, but you have to keep evolving and changing with with the times and needs and you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a challenge, but one uh, that we are happy for.
0: Was it ever any question? I know it's like, this is a sexy industry and business. Like my father, I mean, owns a tool and dye company. And he's like, when are you going to come take over the business? And I'm like, not doing it. Was it any, was it any question to like, I'm going to, this is going to be my life, my career. Um, was it just a given? Of course you are.
1: No, but you know, the thing is that up until 15, I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. I got, you know, my father coming back home saying, oh, I created an embroidery named after you. Or, ah, do you see this material? It was named after, it was like, um, an iridescent patent leather, which had like a, multiple colours in it and he said, I name it after you because it reminds reminds me of your joyful, you know uh, attitude and blah 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 and up until I was a kid it was so fun, I get to play with Swarovski crystals and so on It's a, it was so, you know it was a kid's, kid's world basically at 15, my grandfather sat me in his office uh, and it was like what are you going to do with your life? And I was like, okay, let me think about it a little bit more in depth because I need to think to give you a proper answer. And, and it was like, what would you like to do? And I was like, I, you know, if I look at what you guys did, I mean, my grandparents funded it. My father and his cousins brought out the business on an international level. What can I adapt to what you guys did? And it took me quite some time, quite some years, because after that, I was a little bit shy of entering the company. Then uh, all of a sudden, I, I was looking at the, the communication department, the e-commerce that was missing and so on. And I kept bugging everyone to get things done. And my father was like, you know what? You are 22. You're old enough to do it yourself.
0: <laughs> wow. So <laughs> A lot of faith in you. That's great.
1: And that's the beauty of working into a family business because you know that no matter what, I I have the privilege to learn from people who I love and the most in my life, of course, and learn from them every day. And they'll always have my back. So if along the way I'm going to mess up, which might happen, happened, <laughs> they're going to, to be there and support me all the way to, through the process. But it wasn't like so... You know everything was so smooth. When I told my grandfather that I actually find uh, I, that I actually found what I wanted to do in today e-commerce business, it was like, "But you're not even working on shoes."
0: Okay, <laughs> you're like, "I am new in my career. Give me a minute." <laughs> After a year, he sat me down in the
1: same office that he sat me down when I was 15, and it was like, "You know what?" I saw the numbers and they're interesting. Tell me more about this e-commerce business. Amazing. So, you know, it's Well, now
0: um, everything's e-commerce, yeah? Like, oh my gosh, is it, what percentage does this make up a large percentage of your business 10,
1: today?
0: 10%. Yeah. 10%. I'm really proud okay. that
1: we have grown, you know, we've grown to that part. It has been I over, I still oversee it. So, it's definitely it's like my baby in one way. <laughs>
0: Yes. Well, where are the other sales happening? You retail partners? Is it through your own your own stores? First of all, yeah. Tell me about your your retail network.
1: Yeah, we do have the stores two you know, two stores in Italy, one store in London, and then we have franchisee all across Europe, um, also from. Uh, we we want to build and we are actually going live uh, uh, within a month with a localized talk in the US because it's a huge market for us online. So it's definitely something that we're looking into expanding.
0: Okay, great. For now, the majority, would you say like 90% of sales are happening in Europe?
1: No. um, I mean, if we're talking about the online business, 30% comes from US.
0: And oh,
1: uh, um, during the pandemic, I oversaw also the uh, retail business because everything shut down and, uh, you know, you couldn't even get there. So it, it, I was, ever, again, <laughs> I kept on uh, telling my family that we had to have an omni-channel kind of uh, arrangement. and And that was my moment. And when they saw that there was an outlet, even though the situation was critique, um, they kept on investing more into this kind of business. And therefore, uh, we launched our London boutique to Farfetch, uh, and and the online business is definitely picking up ever since, uh, ever since uh, even very currently.
0: Great. What does growth mean in the U.S.? It means opening. A number of stores. It means uh, marketing campaigns. Walk me through it.
1: We are. We want to grow from you know, again with an omni-channel kind of activity. We're looking at. Possible solution with the localized stock. we can work on uh, several different partners in a fastest way, uh, and and that is definitely opening some doors. I don't want to jinx it, so I'm not going to delve into it <laughs> a lot. Um, but yeah, we're looking at the at finding new solutions
0: what kind of retail partners make sense they should be a like known as a luxury retailer or have that baked in luxury luxury shopper or who makes sense i know that there's a lot of you know, need for a brand to be able to, especially a brand like Casa to tell your your heritage, your brand story, and all that you're telling me, which is like, "Sold these shoes are amazing." But yeah, how do you <laughs> how do you do that through a retailer? What retailers will will facilitate that?
1: Yeah, the thing is that, for example, one of the things that we have saw through the years that has definitely uh, made a difference is um, to be there. So, and, and have someone who believes in the business, in our business as much as we do. Therefore, we are trying to find the, a tailor-made solution where we can tell the you know, my, my father, when he explained the shoes, he's always like, from my perspective, our shoes have, have our shoes have two soles. One with it, one obviously underneath, and one comes from the heart. Because, and because you know, every show has a, has a personal story, and, and when we do clinics or, you know, personal appearance, it's so important for us to tell our story. Uh, obviously, you cannot reach as many people through the physical presence, uh, but right now we have the ability to get there, you know, even though if we are so far away.
0: Tell me about the importance of Made in Italy. Are you, is this a big selling point for your customer?
1: I totally agree with you. We believe, I mean, we never actually even thought about not, you know, having the Made in Italy as our main uh, attribute uh, attribute of the brand. Um, I know, you know, when my grandparents founded the company, they were like 15 people and they were liaising the majority of it uh, was to create sandals for the tourists who used to come to Rimini for, you know, the summer holidays. And after that, they had the people, usually coming from the North European countries, um, asking for the same, not the same shoes, obviously, because sandals were the highlight of the summer season, but the high-quality shoes for the winter season. And that's the reason why they started traveling so early and they didn't have any kind of, you know, uh, analytics coming from uh, the market or they, they just knew what it was like and what the needs of the market might have been. Um, and still today, that kind of experimental
0: pioneering spirit, it's still part of the process. We're going to take a quick break, stay with us. Well, somebody that's focused on e-commerce and marketing, I feel like a lot of evolving a heritage luxury brand falls in your lap <laughs> at responsibility. Um you mentioned first of all data and analytics briefly, but like what numbers are are you looking at? What what um is really signaling maybe some of your next moves?
1: Um Obviously, as you said, um I'm very proud of the heritage and all the people that are working with us. For example, we have guys who are my age and have been with us since they were 18. So the the essence of the Made in Italy is to build up on that. And right now to expand this. Family story, of course. We're looking to uh, the Middle East, as I said. I said I already said it before. The U.S. market is something that we're looking into very much. Um, yet again, we are trying to find. We were trying to find new solutions to get into China in a more in-depth uh, uh, kind of distribution, because due to the COVID, the situation has been tricky.
0: For marketing and where you're investing your dollars, like. Is it, did it maybe used to be about a glossy magazine, a Vogue, or um, for particularly maybe in the States, but um, yeah, where, what makes up your marketing mix in terms of money, your your marketing dollars? Um, uh, obviously, since we're not, you know, as I said
1: before, since we don't have huge budgets, we have to make uh, what makes more sense for us. Uh and in order to create something that is organic, we have to have a project that can be developed on you know and, and inspected from different angles. For example, just to give you like um piece of new information, uh I've been working since the beginning of this year. We said it already that I like technology a lot, um, to, to the NFT project.
0: Oh, exciting.
1: Yes, it's it's great. We started, you know, talking about the Blade Anniversary and uh, uh, it's it's just the continuation of something that we mm, so much believe in. The first part of the anniversary has been focused on, you know, the heritage and the story behind the, the hill that we shot with Ellen von Umverd. And just to give you a little bit of background story, um, my first official assignment as within the company was to actually bring the shoes for the 50 years anniversary when I was 18 from the factory to Paris. And I was with my then boy, boyfriend who became my husband. And out of a joke, I said, okay, can you imagine if only one of the two luggages like, get through? And that's actually what happened.
0: Oh my God.
1: <laughs> it was like, I was crying so hysterically when I was there that I I, I, didn't, even, I didn't even speak French, you know? So <laughs> it was, I had to call my dad and say, dad, I failed my, you know, my one and only mission was to get there with the shoes. So when I had to do the shooting with Ellen, but, oh my, bear in mind 12 years, no, Fourteen years after, I was like, okay, I have my nine more months old daughter, I have my now husband, I'm going to take Vera, who was my head of PR. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get there by train. I won't lose sight of the luggages that we have to shoot, otherwise it's going to be like, I don't know, a course. So I was like, okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're gonna make this happen. I mean, iconic photographer that's amazing and involved in the NFT project as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, we started out the first part of the project with Ellen, and then we translated the same kind of um. Donald voice and, and, uh, inspiration and, and, and environment as well into the, uh, the NFT world. So we created an experience on the central end as well. And, uh, oh, which, which is where you're going to be allowed to buy the NFT project itself, which is a digital project we realized in collaboration with another one who is uh, our partner on this amazing journey. Uh, without them, we couldn't have done it, of course. But, you know, in, in, to answer your question, our budgets are mainly, uh, focused on projects that are long lasting and that they can talk about um the the vision of the brand all of the brand attributions from an in-depth kind of conversation
0: yes i am so fascinated with nfts and um fashion brands putting them out when you say fidgetal is it that you buy the nft you also get the i don't know not necessarily matching shoes a pair of shoes is that how it's working Yes.
1: I mean, for example, sometimes you are used to see NFTs as, um, like the kind of crazy out there, you know, imaginary. Well, we wanted the shoot to be realistic. And that's the reason why we created the old world surrounded it. So. We have the shoe. You can buy this in NFT. You are going to get if you want it as complementary the physical shoe, and then uh, we're going to. We created 1,000. It's it's a limited edition. Therefore, you have only 1,000 uh, NFTs. But on top of that, we also created the avatar, and uh, as complementary, you receive as a gift uh, a customized avatar only for you.
0: Okay, great. Will this act any plans to have your NFT? I've heard this as well. Act as a um, almost like a membership card or an access card. Uh, if you, you're an NFT holder for Casa day, you get access to a sale, an event, what have you. We,
1: I mean, as for now, we have the event on the on during Milan Fashion Week, and it's it's going to be the launch. um, We are looking forward into new exciting projects on on this world because I think it's just at at its beginning. It was like uh, back then uh, when the e-commerce started, having an e-commerce was actually like the main goal. While everything moved up, you know, up up until now, everything moved so fast.
0: Do you anticipate that the purchaser, your, your NFT shopper, is going to be an all new customer? This is a chance to reach uh, maybe a younger audience, a more forward audience. Who's going to be like most interested?
1: That's that's very interesting to see. I mean, we obviously investigated the market and, and understood, you know, um, that obviously it's a different cluster. That they're not necessarily the same uh, people who are looking at casa Day because they know from their mothers or it has been like a, a rite of passage, you know, in uh, in somebody's life. But at the same time, um, it's what is interesting and the reason why we partner with another one is that they knew their segment while we knew our customers. And that made a beautiful joint venture because we brought different things up on the, on the, on the table. So we are going to communicate with the standard digital assets with our community while we create a specific assets and um, teasing strategy for a new community.
0: Okay, that makes great sense. Tell me about, I would say celebrities, a lot of celebrities wear your shoes. Are you are you leaning into that as um in terms of marketing? Does your your shopper care that will drive sales if if a big celeb is out and about wearing your your blade heels?
1: It, it's definitely a statement. I mean, it's interesting to see women all over the world wearing, you mentioned the blade, but since we are shoe specialists, we have from flats to platforms, uh, quite wide range of, of proposals. Yet it's so interesting to see how women express themselves, um, with a pair of shoe. It's a, it's a, I think it's a, it, it it's like you know watching something happening you know and uh it's it's an amazing trans- transformation i think our customers they are like interested into um to see who is going to be the next one and how they're going to wear our style as well, as well as their own. For example, my husband always jokes about, uh, depending on the pair of shoes that I'm wearing that day is going to understand which mood I'm in. So it is going to understand uh, early on how he has to liaise with me. So I think in one way it express also your personality.
0: Yes. Is there a celebrity that's proven a big sales driver? She just wears your shoes and here we go. (laughs) Retailers have told me, particularly for flats, there was like a Meghan Markle effect. But do you have anybody for you?
1: Um, I think it's more about, you know, the it's like a stamp of repro- approval somehow so if they're working walking the red carpet feeling sexy feeling you know and and they are carrying them uh in a, in a when they, and and they feel not What is it, the opposite of of self-conscious? Confident, thank you. Um, If they're walking a red carpet and they feel beautiful and they feel confident in their own skin, therefore our customers are going to be like, okay, that is the attitude that I'm looking for. Uh, And and
0: I think it's it's still a huge part of it. For sure. Well, we are nearly out of time, but I have to ask about your goals um, for the next, let's say, 12 months, obviously, getting this NFT project off the ground. What else are you working on? Uh,
1: We have a lot of projects, actually, Um, especially uh, as as, as I I spoiler some of it before, but uh, I'm going to take a new role within, within the family on business. I'm going to be more um, on, in front of the line, that's for sure. Um, and I'm looking forward to have my family holding my hand and creating something unique for the next level. And creating, obviously, I'm looking forward for my father to see to to share some sneak peeks sneak peeks of the new collection as well.
0: I love this. Do you foresee any big challenges? I have to ask this random thing, but somebody told me that um that creates shoes that are made in Italy they were saying you know what's happening like to i guess cheapen there's a cheapening happening where uh brands are maybe being ma- manufactured elsewhere they're coming to Italy for a last stamp made in Italy and and shipping them out that way are are you seeing anything like that is that maybe um no i mean good in the shoe business as i said before it's so
1: key to have all of the elements and of high quality because otherwise the shoe will break. I mean, if you're wearing, for example, a T-shirt and it doesn't fit, who cares? I mean, okay, it's not going to be flattering and perfect, but it's okay. Yes. But if you're not yes. wearing the right shoes, they are going not only to affect the way you, I mean, obviously they're going to hurt your feet on a physical level, but they're going to affect your social life as well because you are going to feel self-conscious. You are not going to feel as free, you know, to socialize with the other and blah blah blah. And and that's the psychological aspect that you you don't have, you don't usually consider when you buy a pair of shoes, but you you should
0: absolutely. Are you guys doing? Sneakers, more sneakers, sneaker opportunity. How would you describe that? Yeah, I mean, we are experimenting
1: a lot with the uh, chunky soles, and with in, injected with rubber and and something like that. But to be honest, when my father started his career as a as you know a creative person. He wanted to play with, with dropper and that didn't sit well with my granddad. So you can, you can, it's a recurring element throughout the years, <laughs> you know? So definitely the sneaker are 35% of our business as well. So we do have the blade with our signature while well, we love to experiment and put our creativity at work. Season by season, and keeping an uh, keeping an open mind.
0: Our collaboration—something you guys have played with?
1: We did it in uh, s- several times over the years, and we're definitely looking forward to the next ones. Mm, I don't have anything planned at the moment, but something is in there.
0: Okay, we will wait and see. And now, final question for real: What shoes are you wearing today? I'm
1: wearing a pair of flats. Uh, that have like these um, chromed wedge, and uh, it has the C-chain the C logo. It's like a thong sandal. And uh, because the C-chain the, the C is something that is an iconic element for our family. When my father designed it, it was playing with his initial. And then he thought about the the DNA kind of imaginary. And I said, okay, what is more in my DNA than my own family? And therefore he put there three links that are uh, the three generations we were currently at the company at, at the time. And when I told him that I was pregnant uh, after the initial shocked passed, he was like, <laughs> oh, we'll have to add another, you know, link for your daughter. And I was like, okay, <laughs> and I was like, what are, you ta- what are you even talking about?
0: So sweet. I love this. If your husband saw you, what, what, what does this shoe indicate? You're in a good mood? <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Ariana, this was so fun. Thank you for being my guest today. Same, same. Love this. Thank you very much. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Be sure to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to The Glossy Podcast. See you next week.